1: So last weekend, I'm on my honeymoon, enjoying my time at the pool, 80 degrees, Mexico, margaritas throwing flowing through my veins, and I look up, and there's this fucking seagull just circling my ass, and just go get some tacos, it's a great, great day for some tacos and margaritas. Next thing I know, this fucking seagull shits right on my leg, drops right to my leg, I was mid-potato bite. I fucking threw that whole plate right in the trash. Guy just straight ruined it. Luckily, it was an all-inclusive. I went right back to the bar and ordered more tacos. Not shitty ones this time. Let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... (laughs)
0: The ground. What was that? Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed.
1: Did that actually happen? Yes, hundred percent. Shit right on my fucking ass, dude. It was disgusting. There was like shit, fucking particles in my goddamn potatoes.
0: Oh, and, and your potato What? what's a taco and a potato doing together
1: well like they just give you this whole smorgasbord okay we cut this probably yeah maybe yeah, we'll fine. figure it out <laughs> what's All up right. everybody welcome <laughs> into this week's edition of big drive energy i am your host spencer smith at big drive spence and back uh from said honeymoon it was a great time shout out to Our buddy Ryan Konigsberg for stepping in, doing a little big drive energy with Mitch. Um, Left Mitch on an island while I was also semi on an island. So he uh, handled it pretty well. Um, Handled it pretty well. I still posted the pod. Uh, I still did all the legwork from my hotel room. But, you know, we got to do what we got to do. We're grinders. We're grinders. What's up, man? How you doing?
0: I'm good, dude. I can only do so much. I can't carry the whole podcast, the conversation, and then Post it and just do all of it. Like,
1: you're no you Nicole Jokic. You can't carry a whole team, right?
0: Yeah, I'm more of a double double guy. I'm not a triple double kind of guy. I I can pad the stat sheet and rebounds and points, but uh, assists I'm pretty low on. I'm kind of more Joel Embiid, but I don't flop. So, anywho, uh, I'm doing good, man. I will say I do have a lot of respect for you kind of moderating this thing because. I did struggle a little bit at a few points. I don't, I, I don't know if you listened or not, but
1: yeah. Oh, I, I, I tuned in, honey P. Yeah,
0: and I kind of was like, uh, uh, like didn't know what to do with my fucking mouth. Uh, like I just a few times where I kind of stumbled a little bit, and so I do respect you doing that. I think I crushed the ad read.
1: I was gonna say uh, that the DraftKings ad read the spot is pon- it. This pod is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook and official sports betting partner, and official sports betting partner of all things.
0: Well, yeah, I, th- I feel like I did the read pretty well, but yeah, I, I do have some more respect for you uh, after I did it last week. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of respect there to begin with, but there's a little bit more now, so. I
1: was going to say, fuck, that's all it took, but <laughs> god damn, I've been weird. working on this respect for 30 years almost. Okay. Fucking all it took was a goddamn ad read.
0: I guess so. Well,
1: how You're was washed. your honeymoon? You're Let's... so fucking washed.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: That's all right. So are you.
0: Uh,
1: what What was the honeymoon like? How was it? Dude, it was incredible. So my first time ever going to an all-inclusive, uh, my first time going to Mexico, which uh, I know Wait, you
0: let, let everybody know already um, about all your food allergies.
1: Um, yeah, so I'm pretty much... Uh, dairy and gluten-free, uh, when I'm in Colorado, uh, when I'm eating from eating at home or eating at a restaurant, I, uh, the, pretty much the only gluten I really ever have is like, I'll have beers every once in a while. Um, but I'm mostly just salty guy, uh, Breckenridge, good company, you know, vodka I, I, soda, vodka soda guy, um, vodka soda, little crayon. That's our move right now. It's just, I that. that is a move, but, um, basically, so yeah, I'm basically, uh, gluten and dairy free and on this trip every time they asked if we had food allergies I just straight up said no I didn't want to be a hassle and I wanted to enjoy uh, I definitely enjoyed a lot of food, a lot of cheese um, the last night had some french onion soup with a whole fucking loaf of bread on top of it that dove into a cheese fucking cheese cave basically And have you
0: had a bowel movement
1: since your honeymoon? not a good one, no, no. <laughs> Not a real. (laughs) Yeah, today was like kind of close to back, and I've been back since Friday. So Uh, it's been a, yeah, it's been a rough. I've watched a lot of TikTok, and my legs keep going numb. (laughs) Just
0: sitting there for 45 minutes.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's probably a lot, but you know, whatever. Fuck it. Um, But yeah, we, I did not follow any dietary restrictions the entire time I was down there. I drank my body weight in margaritas, which, my body weight increased by 10 by the time I left um, 100%. all in all great trip, though. Like I said, all inclusive Mexico. What do you think of Mexico? Um, I thought it was all right. You know, it's always a little scary when you take like a taxi, you don't know where they're going to take you, you know, hopefully it's just to your destination. Um, I know you have, I, I did Mexico a little bit differently than you. Why don't we, uh, why don't we get into that real quick and let the people know kind of, kind of <laughs> what happened and, And the footsteps that I decided not to follow in because I stayed out of uh, handcuffs the entire trip.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been to Cabo once and I don't really plan on ever going back to Mexico because my experience was uh, a little bit shaky. We decided to leave the resort one night after some extracurriculars, plenty to drink, blah, blah, blah. And I, I was blacked out like there's no other way around it. I wasn't coherent. Um, I think I ended up trying to go pee in the middle of the street. And I like kind of came to, I came out of my like brown out blackout when I realized that I was being arrested. I was my face is fucking pinned up against a cop car, my arms pinned behind my back. I was like, what the fuck's going on? Uh, my buddy had to. Toss the, the guys a, a few dollars and they, they let me go. But um, I'm pretty much scarred for life. And just for reference, I've never been arrested in America. Like I've never been to jail. I'm, I'm a general law abiding citizen. Um, I don't know. It's probably my fault for thinking that Mexico is just like no rules, like a, a fucking free for all, which it kind of is. But it, yeah, it pretty I, much
1: is a free for all.
0: I, I think I still took it a little too far. And then actually, so one of our our spring Valley employees went down to spring break in Mexico and Cabo. And I said, Hey, don't, uh, cause they know the story. I was like, Hey, don't try pissing in the street. And one of our, our employees, one of James's buddies legitimately got put in handcuffs for the same thing and had to pay off the cops. So I was like, if what's that Shakespeare quote, those who don't learn history are damned to repeat it or something like that. I was like, I fucking told you guys and you didn't listen. Um, So yeah, that's, that was my story. But, and the food at my resort in Mexico was terrible. Like it was just tragically bad and it wasn't a bad resort. It was the Rio Santa Fe. Like, I think it was, it was like three, probably between three and 400 bucks a night. So it wasn't cheap by any means. And uh, the food was just dog shit. I was sick the whole, basically, I think it was there for five days in the last, three days, me and my buddy, good buddy, Logan were both basically in the bathroom for the last three days. We were supposed to go on a fishing trip. We never made it on our fishing trip. Cause I would have just thrown up the whole time. I'm not sure if it was the water, the food, the booze or any, whatever else we ingested, but it wasn't a, didn't end up being that much fun. So I'm going to, I'm going to stay away from Mexico. And that's what I warned Spencer about, but I think you had a much better experience. So I'm really happy for you.
1: Yeah, it honestly the food was pretty good. Like they had at this resort that I stayed at. We stayed at it's called the Grand Palladium, but there's four different. I think it's pronounced Palladium. No, Palladium. I heard it a million uh, times. P- believe me, well, I'm the pa- I'm...
0: Palladiums. Palladiums actually a real thing. I don't think Palladiums a thing. Well,
1: maybe it's just the way they say it. But yeah, who knows? Know, it could be potato. A, potato could be a dialect thing. Um, <laughs> but the. Uh, They had like four different resorts on the one resort and there was like a fucking mini putt. There was a place where you could go see flamingos. There was a place where you could go play soccer, a gym, like basketball. There was a, I bet you hit the gym quite a bit. Like every morning. I I didn't, I wasn't really into that. Um,
0: on a trip. Who Who goes to an all inclusive to hit the gym? Fuck me. I don't even go to the gym when I'm at home. (laughs)
1: i sure as fuck ain't paying no grand a night for fucking gym but no just like the the place we went and ate breakfast pretty much every morning just because it was a buffet like is there anything better than a breakfast buffet like they had fucking raw sushi and oh my
0: god red flag
1: no dude
0: your stomach's fucked
1: they had it on like ice and shit dude it was so like it was so fucking good they just had like sushi and fucking bacon. They probably
0: and... just pulled it out of the trash can.
1: No, no, it was delicious. And anyways, but yeah, we, <laughs> then you could go. We went to like, we tried out. They had a French restaurant. We went there. That was the place we went the last night where we had that fucking French onion soup that absolutely buckled me. And then- put you in A pretzel. And then we had, we went to, there's a steakhouse, which was really good. But dude, the, the most bizarre shit about it there is like, you, you order, I don't know if it's like this in, in just in Mexico or an all inclusive, but like when you go out to these meals, obviously it's all paid for, but you order everything at once. So like you order the appetizer, then you order the the meal, then you order the dessert and you just like got to spew it out all at once. And I think it's maybe because since it's an all inclusive, they're trying to like cycle people through and get as many people in as possible. Cause like the greatest thing was even when it was like a restaurant. Fuck, we were, like, sit down at, like, 6 p.m., we'd be eating by, like, six fifteen, six twenty, our full meal, you know? Like, we'd have appetizer in, like, 10 seconds, and then we'd be eating our full meal by, like, 15 am See, I'm on,
0: the, I'm on the other side of that coin. I honestly like sitting down and having, like, 45 minutes to an hour before I eat.
1: Oh, I fucking hate that.
0: Like, have a couple of cocktails. I mean, you have been married for, like, a month now, so I'm sure the conversation's already getting old, but... Uh, (laughs) have a conversation with the people you're at the table with like i don't have a problem but i also like to talk you probably just sit there and stare at the fucking table and wait for your food to come so
1: well no dude so this is actually like i generally when i by the time i go out to eat i'm fucking hungry so i don't want to sit there and fucking jibber jabber if they're like you
0: just you just don't think ahead in general so like you think about going out to eat when you're hungry. I think about like what time we should go. So then like, I'm not in a fucking rush. I think that's where people make like the biggest mistake is waiting till they're stupid hungry to go out to eat. Cause then if you don't get your food quick, you're pissed, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. That's why I think you
0: just, you just have to think ahead.
1: That's why I think all time Mexican restaurants in, in America are the best because they fucking sit your ass down. They got chips and salsa right there for you. And then the margarita comes within five minutes. That's ideal for me.
0: Yeah. And a lot of their, a lot of times the food
1: does come out pretty quick too. Yeah. I I don't like, I don't like waiting around.
0: Yeah. I don't mind it really at all. Honestly. I like, I like chilling. Like I hate when they bring your drinks back and then ask what you want to eat. Like maybe like we'll get an appetizer and chill for like 20, 30 minutes. And then we order food.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm fucking annoyed when they come back with my drink and don't ask me what they just (laughs) dropped the drinks off.
0: You're just a fucking animal, dude. I'm like, I came
1: here to fucking eat, bro. I didn't come here for you you to walk away while I drink this margarita.
0: You're a deprived Labrador puppy. You just fucking like dig your head into the, the bowl of food. Like I just we're on different wavelengths there. It's okay.
1: Yeah, that's all right. We are we we have to be different at some things because most of the shit we do is pretty the same. So
0: yeah, it's a little too similar, kind of creepy.
1: <laughs> all right, well, should we talk about some golf? I think this is kind of a I know it's a drinking. Will you podcast. shut your dog up, dude? Uh, it's a drinking podcast with a golf. Prop- <laughs> I mean, fucking all right, you fucking handle it then. And I give me a second.
0: Your your dog is just hey. having fucking <laughs> shoe.
1: Oh. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah.
0: hey. so I think what we were going to talk about next was the uh, the Dell match play that took place over this last weekend, which was a, a fire finish. Um, Scotty Scheffler gets his third win in 42 days. Is what Was that correct?
1: Yeah, 42 days. This motherfucker goes from zero wins on the PGA Tour. He wins the... Waste management open, which we saw, which we were right there the whole time, you know, right up in his first career dub. And who would have thought that in 42 days that guy would be the number one player in the official world golf rankings?
0: Yeah. It's it's insane. Absolutely insane, dude. And and just the fact that you you watch how quickly, I mean, he's he's on the same trajectory at this point as Jordan Speak was or like Justin Thomas was he how old is he spencer you look at that up 24
1: 25 Well, he's in
0: he's another university of texas product so i could kind of see him fall in in speed's footsteps a little bit there but what were you gonna say
1: i was gonna say the uh scotty scheffler there was a picture like pga tour posted a picture of him uh and just like four i want to say four years ago five years ago maybe he was at the Valero Texas open. Cause that's kind of where he grew up as a fan with his girlfriend. And then it, really? it, and then it's like the same picture. She's on the left, he's on the right there, you know, they got their arms around each other and whatever. And then they went to kind of like the same spot and took the same picture. Yet he was holding the fucking trophy for the tournament.
0: Yeah. That's pretty wild. Do you like, I just, it, that's what golf is nowadays. It's all these dudes that are, there's some kids in high school I know that'll be winning in four or five years on the PGA tour. So it, it just, the younger they get, the better they get They're, I, I mean, clearly I'm obviously not even close to that level of golfer that they were because those guys are, I mean, I'm 20 oh, Jesus. I was about to say I'm 26. I'm 27 now. Um, so I'm not even that young anymore. Like I can't even use that card. I'm, I'm, I'm young, relatively for like life speaking purposes, but not for golf, because there's kids four or five years younger than me that are already contending out on the PGA Tour. Um, Joaquin Neiman, for example, I think he's 21 or 22. But anywho, yeah, what an impressive win! And he, the, one of the craziest parts is he almost didn't make it into the round of 16. Yeah, like he, think, had, didn't he, have, he had, like, a five-hole playoff or a ten-hole
1: playoff. Five-hole playoff. Let's talk about this fucking nonsense for a second because I was pissed because I, of course, had Scotty Scheffler. You guys are fucking welcome for the winner that I gave out from Mexico. Plus 450,
0: god damn but, it. Right. Plus,
1: plus 350 to top four, and then he wins the fucker, so I technically have a winner. Not counted on the units, but – for the overall idea of the fact that I picked the winner, which as long as you just say Scotty Scheffler every tournament the last month, you're probably rolling in the dough. But I was pissed because, so you guys talked about last week on the pod about like the format of this, how they go play pool play against three other players and then they get to the round of 16. Well, so I was watching this and I didn't know the exact way it shook out, but when I was watching it, you know, they gave the, the records of, each of the players. And how about your guy, Paul Casey, the nice Oh, three, three WD. He's what a fucking, Dude, what the up. fuck,
0: man. I tweeted that out, but yeah, he, he literally withdrew after one hole in the first match. How does that, what, what, what's the logic there? Like, why even go, why even, why even let me throw that bet out there? If you just know you're going to show up and fucking basically quit. I, I think he gets a check. Cause he technically didn't WD. Um. But I, yeah, I think he still got paid probably 50 grand just to like talk about the ultimate um, pulling the wool over the PGA tour's eyes. You just show up, don't give a fuck, still get paid. And he just WDF to the first hole.
1: Like his, wa- he, his wife needed a new fucking car. And he goes, Hey, honey, let's go down to the fucking, let's go down to the, the Dell. I'll, I'll withdraw all three days. We can hang out, drink, and I'll t- collect a $50,000 check. <laughs>
0: I was going to say, dude, he probably planned a vacation with his family down to Austin and just was like, hey, I'll, like, they're all sitting in the hotel. He's like, hey, guys, I'll be back in like an hour. I got to go WD or I got to go concede this shit real quick. I'm going to go slap
1: a bucket of range balls around and then concede the match. Then we,
0: yeah, then we can go out to the pool later and maybe do some shopping. Like, what the fuck, man? That was, that shit got me heated. Like, and I just, Paul
1: Casey, that kind of seemed like a course for him. But anywho, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, I was pissed because I needed Scotty Scheffler, obviously, to get in the round of 16 to get to the, the final four and win my bet. And I saw that he was two and one, um, and he was two and one against in the same pool as Matthew Fitzpatrick, who was also two and one. But the reason Scotty was two and one and the reason Matthew Fitzpatrick lost at all was because Scotty had just throttled him on Friday. So I was like, oh, well, obviously, you know, I hadn't paid attention. I was just watching Scotty's match. He finished it real quick. I was like, well... He's two and one, and so is Matthew Fitzpatrick. So I was like, "Oh, Scotty's two and one with the head to head matchup. So he's obviously moving right on. And then all of a sudden I'm like following the PGA tour app and I see this fucking playoff nonsense pop up. And I'm like, what are we doing here? How does that make any sense? Does that make any sense? See, I think it
0: makes sense to me. I don't know why it doesn't make sense. I guess, yeah, I guess tiebreakers. Yeah, like
1: but- if- he beat but him. It, like if, if they were both two and one and had tied each other, or two zero oh, and one and had tied each other, that would make make sense. But, but like,
0: wouldn't there be a potential scenario where there could be three of them?
1: Two uh, all at two zero oh, and one. Yeah. I'll, no, I'll, they like, could all they could all be one. No. Because <laughs> there's three. Because well, there's
0: four. There's four players that each play three matches.
1: Yeah. So they could. They could all be one, one, and one theoretically, and then it would be that's, a four way, four way play. Yeah.
0: See, that's what I'm saying. So you you can't go tie goes to the runner there, fucking you know, uh, tie goes to the runner. Sorry, this fucking rainstorm just came in out of nowhere. I'm getting pounded in my house. Um, but is that yeah, outside I,
1: or inside? You're getting pounded there.
0: <laughs> uh, outside. I'm looking at it from the window. But thank you, Chief. Uh, so yeah like I do understand why they did the playoff that way because in the event of like, like I said, where there's a tie of more than one person, what are you going to do at that point? Like you can't, you can't just randomly pick a straw. You know what I mean? That, so I don't blame them for having to go to that playoff, but it goes to show you like, and we cut Ryan and I talked about it last week, but that's the beauty of last tournament is there's probably, there's definitely some players that didn't make the final sixteen. That could have made a probably a pretty deep run. You know, it's all about the draw, the luck of the draw. Who's in your your group of four? So, uh, it was definitely interesting. And and my pick, Kevin Kisner, which was a fucking really really close to hitting what 6,500? Yeah, um, which was massive. But he he was like like what thirty two feet or something like that, and he. Obviously went to the finals and almost won the thing, but it, like I said, it doesn't matter what seeds you are. You can catch a bad draw. Um, a lot of the higher seeds, it's just like the NCAA tournament. Not all the high seeds are going to advance. So it ended up being a really fun weekend to watch. Uh, Scheffler pretty much put Kisner away pretty quick. He had him like two down after four and was never, I, I don't think ever got less than two down after that. So Scheffler was just dominant all week, but Kisner to that point was super dominant. And I think the most impressive match had to be Kisner coming back on Adam Scott. He was, this was, uh, I think this was the elite eight or the the round of eight. He was down three with four to go and won four straight holes to win on 18. Did you see any of that, Spencer?
1: Yeah, I saw him. Dude, just an absolute crusher that changes your changes your world in match play versus regular stroke play tournament. Like you got to think like Adam Scott's like, I got him on the ropes. It's like a 40 yard shot from the bunker. I'm going to, you know, he may not even get up and down. I'm already on the green. And then Kisner just fucking holds it, dude. And that's, it's just such a soul momentum crusher when something like that happens, where literally in match play, like when I play you in match play, I anticipate you're going to chip everything in. I anticipate you're going to slop every fucking 50 footer in and you just have to, dude, you have to mentally prepare for everything to go in.
0: But that, that is like the legit challenge is even when you expect everything to go in and the, they like, even if you go into the week with that mentality, like you're going to anticipate that they're going to make everything they look at in the back of your mind, you're still like 20% like, Oh, they're not going to make this. You know what I mean? You, you're like, oh, they're going to make... It's almost like reverse-reverse psychology where you plan on them making it, but then you don't plan on them making it. And you're like, well, now that I don't think they're going to make it, they might make it. So maybe I'm just a fucking basket case. But yeah, those are huge momentum killers because especially that bunker shot, like Kisner's, it wasn't like a greenside flip. It was like a 20-yard carry, which is one of the hardest bunker shots. I'd actually like to know what he used there. But then... Uh, And that was on 15. I want to say to win that hole, like he needed that. And then he ended up winning it, winning the final four holes to beat out Adam Scott and obviously made a run at the finals. Um, So, and the cool thing was too, like I really like Kisner and I've talked about this before, but he's one of my favorite guys to watch because I can relate most to his game Um, out of a lot of guys on tour. So He's just not a very long hitter, but he's very methodical. He's got great control over his ball. He puts it really well. Um, So Kisner made the comment where I think it was after the Saturday. And he goes, they asked him, like, why the course suits him and whatever. Maybe it was after Friday. I I can't remember which day. But he was like, this is one of the few courses on tour where I don't step up to the first tee and feel like I'm at a disadvantage. Like – He mentioned, I forget who he played in one of his matches. It might have been Luke List or something like that. But he goes, on one of the par threes, I hit six iron, he hit nine iron. Like, that's how big of a difference it was. And these are, like, tour guys. You know, there's a difference when you're out playing with your buddies and you're hitting six and they're hitting nine because they – just because they hit it long doesn't mean they're good. But when you're on tour and a guy hits it that long and he has that kind of control over his golf ball, you're at a massive disadvantage. So just to give a little perspective, Kisner is hitting six versus another. His, his playing opponent's uh, nine iron, which is a huge, huge yardage discrepancy. But he still was like, I don't feel like I'm at a disadvantage. It's one of the few courses out here where I feel like I have as good a shot as anybody because there's a lot of dog legs. There's a lot of work in the ball. There's a lot of placement of shots and layups on par fours. Like there was a par four that was like 370. And everybody, I don't think a single person at driver there all week. So it just goes to show you like on a normal tour event, there's a 370 yard par four. There's going to be a lot of guys trying to drive that green or get up right near it. I don't know if there's a single driver hit on that hole this week. So there's, there's some really like, it's not that long of a course. So it's, it's not, it, it's not short and it's not long. I think it's set between 72 and 73, but There's it it takes the the driving distance capability out of it, if that makes sense, which I I for one really enjoy.
1: Yeah, well, a couple other Kisner notes. Uh one did you see when he was playing Scotty Scheffler? Uh Scotty Scheffler had a shot on that short par for I think it's 15, which he had actually rinsed it against Dustin Johnson trying to hit driver when he was up four and he was starting to like wheels were coming off, but uh Kisner was like 110 yards out and Scotty was like 90 yards out and Kisner hit a shot onto the green and then just typical match play mindfuck fashion he starts walking all the way up to the green without like letting Scotty hit just to mark his ball and so Scotty's waiting the whole time while Kiz is walking all the way up to the green ends up marking his ball and then getting out of the way so Scotty could hit so
0: yeah and I I did see that but The only thing is, did he like? Was there no communication that he was going to do that?
1: As far as I could tell from the TV cameras, it looked like Scotty was like readying to hit, and Kisner just kept walking, and then Scotty Scotty had to like back off. Well,
0: yeah, and I I, I mean that's definitely a little bit gamesmanship there, but I still really like that because if Scotty hits his ball, then it somehow knocks it closer to the hole for Scotty, and Kisner just has to replace it where it was at, you know what I mean? That that could put him at a potential disadvantage. So from that distance, you know, those guys are that dialed in where there's a good chance Scotty could hit Kisner's ball. But, yeah, I mean, what the other Kisner quote was, because he likes to play mind games and take little jabs and, and get in the other dude's head, his quote on match play was, my goal is to get them thinking about what I'm doing, not about what they're doing. Like, and that is just, it's so simple, but it's genius. Like the more you, and that's what sucks about golf is the more you're like a douche, the more people focus on you. You know, like the more time and, and, and eyes you get on you when you act like an idiot. Like if you just act all normal and chill and cool out on the golf course, nobody really like pays attention to you. But when you do shit like that, people take notice and then they start watching you and then like definitely your, your playing partner can just be like, what the fuck? Like start getting worked up about it. And then he's more worried about what you're doing than what he's doing. So I think that's genius.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I know from just my match play life, that's how I get, I'm like, dude, this guy's being a fucking asshole or he's like, Oh, who's out. Oh, you're out. And I'm like, dude, yeah. You know, like I'm too soft. I, that's, I don't have like the bulldog golf. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll, hit the, I'll hit the shots, <laughs> but I can't, like, be the dick, like.
0: I feel you. Well, real quickly, I got to tell everybody a story about you. Um, the first time you ever played match play at Spring Valley when you're, like, 18. So, we have a match play, like, a men's league match play at Spring Valley where it's a single elimination uh, field of, like, 64. And you can play a match, like, once every two weeks. And it eventually gets down to the winner. And we pay the winner out and everything. And Spencer, when he was like 18, played in the match play. And this is how mentally soft he is. You were playing a dude who was like 60
1: at the time. Uh, probably uh, close to that. Fucking yeah. archaeologist.
0: Yeah, an archaeologist. He shows up to the first tee with two different shoes on. And Spencer is never right from that. Like, I, I couldn't he, fucking focus. He couldn't look at the dude with two different shoes on. So he lost the match. He comes in and he's like, dude, he had two fucking different shoes on. I can't believe what I just watched. And I was like, You could really couldn't get past the fact he had two different shoes on. So I thought that was fucking hilarious. Like,
1: well, and let's clarify here so I don't look like a complete fucking idiot. It was a net match.
0: Yeah. This guy's getting
1: pops. So I'm not straight up losing to no sixty-year-old fucking unmatching his goddamn shoes straight up what
0: how many did you have to give him
1: i think i had to give him like i think i was like a roughly a three a two or a three and he was like a 12 so right around 10 8 to 10 somewhere in there
0: somewhere he, in that ball he just
1: kept parring me to death bro i couldn't do it
0: well yeah i just thought that was hilarious because i, cause I I'll, I'll remember that till the day i die. but anywho uh big congrats to scotty scheffler kisner was awesome the whole week was awesome uh was there any other storylines we really missed out on with the...
1: Well, a, cu- a couple more things I want to get into with Scotty Scheffler. I wanted to ask you a little trivia, so we're going to play a little trivia game here with you. Okay. All right, so now, as I mentioned at the beginning of the pod, Scotty Scheffler is the official number one golfer in the world, and I'm looking at a, a graphic of every male number one world golfer since 1986. I'm not going to ask you to name all of them, but the last... I'm gonna to go to the last two lines. So the last 10 guys. Let's see how many of those guys you can name. They're all currently on one year p- and on. They're uh so this isn't it doesn't say in order, it just has from 1986 has like Bernhard Langer, Sevi, Norman, Faldo, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But these last the last 10 guys, even 11, 12, 13, most of these guys are still on tour up to like 15, but the last 10 guys are all. I would say under 40 or pretty close to 40. Let's see if you can, how many you can name. World okay. number ones. So we got okay. Scotty. So you've got one.
0: Yeah. So I mean, Tigers obviously in there. Well, he's technically,
1: I don't know how this is. Li- really- he, he's not in the last 10. But yeah, he's okay. So
0: you're saying literally just the last 10 to be I, world number one.
1: Yes. I don't know exactly how this is rated, but cause t- I think it's maybe when they started becoming world number one. Um, okay. I, I don't know. I don't know how it is in order by name or what, but the, it looks like the last 10 guys are in order. So, okay. So Dustin Johnson's in there. Yep. Uh, J- Jordan speed's in there. <clears throat> yeah. Um, is Justin Thomas in there? No, no, yes, he is. No, yep, he is. So we got Jordan, Justin, Dustin, Justin. Uh, who well, who became who was world number one for all this time until Scheffler? Oh, John Rahm. Yep, so
0: you've Um, got Rahm,
1: Scheffler, Johnson, Jordan, Justin. So we've got five more. Uh, Adam Scott. Yep, he's in there. Okay, uh, Luke Donald he's the one and the 11th so he's right okay. up uh, out of the okay. top yep um fuck i'm just too
0: good for this list <laughs> now yeah. uh dude yeah i am kind of like having a bit of a brain fart now uh that's kind of the extent of that's just, that's all i got what give me give me like a hint
1: okay uh This guy, the two of your, or three of your last, only one of your last four is from America.
0: Okay, so there's three non-Americans.
1: Yep. Oh, shit. This guy has won everything but a Masters.
0: Oh, oh, Rory. Good God.
1: Rory. Yep. Jesus, that was bad. Uh, This other Um, guy wins every U.S. Open he enters. Broke, Skepta. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. So now we're down to two. Um, I honestly, one guy is just like the, one of the nicest guys on tour. One of your favorite English English players.
0: Okay. Oh, Henrik Stenson.
1: No. Maybe <laughs> yeah. he's not English.
0: He he won a I, well I mean Henrik won a lot there like five or six years ago I didn't know if he got into that world number one spot or not
1: every year this um, everybody says this guy's gonna win the masters and he never does Sergio no he's even had oh. multiple first round leads there okay including, I'm having a... including the 2019 masters when Dustin Johnson won or the 2020. first round leader of that oh
0: masters. Francesco
1: no first round leader he shot 65.
0: Oh, Louis Ustazen.
1: No. All right. This is about them. Justin Rose.
0: Oh, oh, dude. Rosie fell
1: off the map. Yeah, he's English, but really, like, I figured, good God. Okay, who's the last one? The last one, I had no clue this guy was ever that good, but Jason Day.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. You could have told me an Aussie, but I would have probably guessed Cameron Smith before Jason Day. like jason day is just falling off he i mean he's always had the chronic back issues and shit but he's just gotten to the point where he's fallen off kind of the face of the earth a little bit he was kind of a little bit of a flash in the pan so um needs to fix that backswing if he wants to i think he actually finally has fixed his backswing and he's not retaining that that trail knee flex so he's not putting as much pressure on his lower back anymore but uh yeah i I could see him popping again here soon but he's just one of those dudes where it's like feast or famine he gets stupid hot he can get to number one in the world or he's he's slumming it not even not even near the top 50 you know what i mean there's no in between for him
1: yeah exactly but yeah it's just kind of interesting to see like and everybody i guess there was kind of a stink of people that were like oh how could he become the world number one that quick and this and that and you know i i don't know i i Winning three times in five events just seems pretty, you know, I know Victor Hovland kind of had that run earlier this year. Hovland um, went
0: from like 40 some to eight. But right?
1: granted they're DP world tour events that he's winning, which like it or not, it's just not the same competition because all the best players from there want to be playing on the PGA tour. But yeah, that's true. Still pretty crazy as Scotty Scheffler. Uh, the only last note I had on Scotty Scheffler is just kind of wanted to get into a, a little bit of his swing. Uh, I was talking with some members about it. They did a really cool slow-mo, our boy, John Conti, he was all about it. So, uh, talk a little bit about Scotty Scheffler's movement in his feet, which we generally like, generally it's not something I would try to teach 99% of people. Right.
0: Yeah. It's not something you teach, but if it naturally happens, like, I mean, you look at the dudes, um, like Scotty, I mean, I would say, his foot actions along the same lines as like bubble Watson, as much as I hate to say it, or like Patrick Reed, which we have talked about in the past. But when you see all his foot action, what ultimately is happening there is when he comes down and he's pulling that front left heel straight back and around him, that's stemming from that left hip pulling back and around him and not laterally moving towards his target. So once his lead hip gets up to the, like the outside of his left foot line, um, his left hip basically goes straight back and around him like that. So that means uh, his feet are not super quiet, but that's okay because as long as your weight is in the proper spot, like all his weight is still in that left heel, but he's rotating so fiercely that that left foot has no chance to stay in the same place. So has to kind of almost pick up and move out of the way for him ultimately to get all the way over to that left side completely. So uh, definitely not like somehow to imitate, but then it kind of goes along the same lines as where people are like, Oh, are you uh, for a right-handed golfer? Are you not supposed to lift up your right heel? It's almost kind of the same movement or I'm sorry, your left heel uh, at, at the top of your backswing. Like, is that okay? And there's been, plenty of really, really good golfers that have lifted up that left heel. I think Ben Hogan was one of the most famous ones for it. Um, because you're getting so much of that weight over into your right heel on the way back and you're completely straightening out that right leg. You're not retaining any flex in your right knee, um, which is creating more torque because your range of motion is effectively bigger and your hands can get deeper around you. Um, it just creates that much more speed, that much more power, and then when he's coming on the way through, like I said, he's pulling so much of his momentum back and around him to the left that his left foot has to move. Like, it doesn't really have a choice, so that, like I said, it's not necessarily a teachable thing, but if you get to that point where your hips are clearing that hard and you feel your left foot leg kind of sliding back and around you, but you, you have pressure on it and it's still coming back and around you, that's an okay thing. Like I would actually encourage that because some people feel like they have to keep their foot planted in the ground. So they never really get all the way to that left side because they're so worried about keeping their feet still on their knees and their hips still. So it, it all kind of stems from his hip action, but, uh, it's, it's a, a powerful tool. And I mean, he uses it really well, but there's a few of his follow throughs that look like a little janky. They look a little like off balance, but he's kind of working all his weight over to that left heel. So sometimes you can get a little bit off balance. Um, So it might not look that aesthetically pleasing, but it clearly gets the job done.
1: Yeah. Well, there was a, I think somebody was like talking shit about Scotty Scheffler and they're like, uh, this is this this is the golf swing of the number one golfer in the world. And it was like one of his not great swings where he kind of like let go of the club a little bit. But just watching like his feet move around, as you said, it's not really teachable, but it's something that he probably got to a point where he's like, yo, like I don't want to stop creating this power and limit myself to keeping my let you know, my left foot fully planted in the ground. I need to get a way to not snap my knee and you know, make it out and and
0: oh totally well and i've even like rolled one time i was following through and fully like rolled my ankle like sprained it bad because i got so far into my left side but i didn't let my left leg or my left foot pull back that i rolled out onto my outside of my left foot and i heard a pop like it was fucking terrible so i'd much rather have people pulling that left foot back around you than getting so far over to that like Jordan Spieth has a tendency to do that. And that's when he gets too caught with his left hip too high in transition and falling through at that left hip way outside of his, his left foot line um, is when he rolls up onto that left ankle. And you'll see a lot of times it's like rolled over. And I definitely wouldn't recommend that for uh, for your average
1: golfer. Cause that can hurt like MF or Like I, like I just said, I've done it before. It is not fun. Exactly. Didn't Jordan Spieth go to Texas like with Scotty Scheffler?
0: Uh, I think Spieth uh, – yeah, maybe Speep was a senior when uh, Scheffler is a freshman. Is, is Texas in the
1: Final Four? No. No, they are not, because it is an absolutely blue-blood Final Four. Villanova, Duke, UNC, and Kansas. And all the college basketball fans can join in on the action with the biggest tournament of the year on – none other than DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn any team's victory into your own win. All these new customers, all you have to do is download the DraftKings app, use that promo code DNVR. You bet $5 on any team to win. I'm personally taking Coach K, getting some revenge this week. Duke was not happy about their last game at Cameron Indoor as Coach K was leaving the floor, and they lost to their arch rivals UNC uh, it's, it's spoken about, but Mitchell and I have been big Duke fans since we were kids. We don't still claim them as I'm not sitting around parading a final four, but we definitely the Greg Paulus, John Shire, uh, all those days, we were definitely big Duke fans and have constantly paid attention to them. So uh, Blue Blood final four, but DraftKings Sportsbook, you can also win. Um, one of the coolest things about DraftKings Sportsbook, you can also do those same game parlays and do them in college hoops. So you can combine multiple bets, from the same game and add to a bigger payout. So take Duke money line, get yourself that $200 in free bets, and then toss down some same game parlays. I'm predicting personally a Duke Villanova final with Duke hoisting the trophy and coach K's last season. It's going to be absolutely unsufferable, Uh insufferable for anyone watching uh, the four, the big four letter after Duke wins the national title, but Kansas looks really good. I'm just picking Villanova to be different, but, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw cash whenever you want. Put it on your credit card. Do whatever you want to do with those winnings. So Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR and bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win this week at DraftKings Sportsbook with that promo code DNVR. You must be 21 or older, so if you can have a beer, you can bet Colorado only. New customers only minimum $5 deposit restrictions do apply. See draftkings.com slash book for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Before we finish up this pod with a couple of uh, maybe a fairway or four segment and a tweet of the week segment, which a lot of good uh, cutting room floor stuff this week, but we finally decided on one. Let's talk a little bit about the Valero Texas open and uh jordan spieth's heyday and his playing grounds where he seems to always win
0: yeah well so this is kind of the tournament where he found his mojo back last year where he won um for the first time again in a little while he'd hit that that skid and he won last year here at the valero and had a great season last year and is kind of back now i mean i wouldn't call him back back to where he was but he's uh he definitely took that Valero win last year and kind of ran with it and it catapulted him in the right direction. So yeah, it's a, it's a really good tournament. Actually they're celebrating their hundredth season this year or their hundredth year this, this year. I don't really know how to put that. Um,
1: anniversary maybe.
0: Yeah. And anna- hundredth anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so, uh, I'm so unfamiliar with anniversaries that I don't even know what that word means. Um, but anywho, the, the course plays about 7,500 yards, um, so relatively long for, for sea level purposes. Um, it definitely gets a little sticky down there in Texas, especially with it warming up this time of year, so the ball isn't really going to be going that far. It, I wouldn't consider it crazy long, but it's definitely not short, let's put it that way. Um, and the one thing is that everybody knows if you play golf in Texas, the wind no matter where you're at can get gnarly. So the wind always plays a factor because generally like the last five, six years, um, if it's windy, you can see a direct reflection on the final score. Like the winter has been anywhere from eight to 12 under par when it's windy to up to like 20 under par when it's pretty calm. So something to keep an eye out for is definitely the wind, the weather, um, seeing how low these guys can go. And and this is the last chance for the guys to qualify for the Masters. So, you know, they're all making that late push. Any dude that has not already gotten in the Masters is pushing for a spot. So they're trying to get the W this week. We've got a lot of pretty big names, some notable big names that are yet to be in the Masters um, playing in the Valero this week. So it's always a good one.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those where you – uh, you feel like that players really try to like tune their game up, but, and I don't know, you never, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say you don't want to win this tournament and then go into the masters on a win because winning back-to-back weeks is relatively impossible. I don't think any of the players think that way as far as going like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to win this tournament, but I think this is a tournament where, You know, other than Jordan Spieth dominating like he does in Texas generally, like you said, it's a a real big course for the wind. So players have to control their golf ball. Um, There's going to be a lot of guys that are just trying to, you know, figure out where their game is at essentially going into the next week. Like it's a look ahead tournament. And so this is a tournament where guys that maybe are looking to keep their, you know, PGA Tour card and just try basically trying guys like Charlie Hoffman, Lucas Glover, Anurban Lahiri, you know, all Dude, these Charlie games. Hoffman's
0: got the fucking Saudi tour. He doesn't need the PGA anymore.
1: Okay. Well, other than Charlie Hoffman, like, <laughs> lo- looking at the, you I'm know, fuck- the
0: result. I, no, I, 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 I totally get what you're saying. Cause there's, there's plenty of dudes in the field where it's kind of split down the middle where not even down the middle, but there's a group of like 20 or 30 guys that, already are like very secure on tour that are just looking to get in the masters. And then the rest of the field's like, fuck, I mean, this isn't that crazy of a field. Maybe I can get a big, uh, a really nice high finish and make some money towards my tour card next year. So
1: yeah. Like looking at the tournament, you know, last year, the results. So Jordan Spieth won, of course, then you have uh Saudi, Saudi Charlie Hoffman. And then you've got guys like Matt Wallace, Lucas Glover, Anderman Lahiri, Chris Kirk, Brant Snedeker, Patton Kazire, Sebastian Munoz, you know, guys like that, that now they're, you know, they're all semi not big names, but they're they're players that are not guaranteed to play on tour every single year, back to back years. So this is one of those tournaments where they're like, Hey, maybe a weaker field. Uh, maybe I feel like I can go to Texas and and win and I have the game for it. So it's, it's an interesting tournament, especially looking at the betting angle for us and trying to pick matchups or trying to pick who we think is going to win because, if, you know, it, and I think we've talked about it last year when we previewed the masters, whoever wins this tournament, like Rory's the, the all in all favorite to win this tournament, which I, I understand like betting Rory. I understand that he's probably one of the best play. He's definitely one of the best players in the field. If not the best, is he playing the best golf right now? And eh, he kind of has plateaued a little bit since his little run late last year, but me personally, I'm not touching a golfer. With a field that big at plus 750. I'm just not doing it.
0: Yeah, I think just the fat, and that's the tough thing about handicapping golf is when you have a guy like Rory that's in the field at, at a somewhat limited field event like that. Everybody if he's not that low of odds, everybody's gonna be betting on him. And obviously, Vegas' goal is to get the money even between everybody. So when you have a a huge name like Rory in the field that um, I would say he's playing better golf than like guys like Jordan Spieth and a few of the other guys at the top of the board, Um, you know, he's going to get so heavily bet. So that's why the odds I think are where they sit. But I totally agree because why would you, why would you ever bet on somebody and watch, we're going to say this shit he's going to go win this week. Like that would just be our fucking luck. But it's so rare that you see a guy with that that small of odds actually go win like it it's not worth the odds wise to bet on golf and to bet on the clear cut favorites every week cuz you're not going to end up making that much money maybe we can do like a a dive on what every dude's odds has been to win so far this year cuz that would be pretty interesting cuz honestly like golf is not a huge favorites will win more times than not but like percentage wise it's not a guarantee you know what i mean there's there's no guarantee that you you there could be a dude plus 300 to win and he could still not win so yeah it's a very very interesting thing and obviously you and i have we had a decent week last week but we've taken it in the fucking shorts so far uh gambling this season and it's just so unpredictable because you have guys that you think are going to do well that don't and then we have guys that top who we bet are going to top 10 and they win like Scheffler this last week. And we've done that
1: before this year. So I, I think, think we've that, done that for, I think we've done that four times this year. We take a top
0: 10 and it's a winner. Exactly. That's fucking painful, but yeah, it's, I definitely wouldn't be touching any of the, I, I take that back because my pick to win it is Jordan Spieth, but he is, because I think what it is is he plays so well here, but then I know he's not going to win the Masters, so he doesn't give a shit. He just wants to get another W. Um, it says Deshambo's in the field. Yeah, Bryson
1: Deshambo's oh. in the field.
0: What a treat that'll be to watch his his dog shit. Um, but, yeah, you've got guys like Ian Poulter, uh, Patton Kazire, uh, Jason Day, I don't think in the Masters, Keegan Bradley. Gary Woodland, uh, just guys like that where or I think Gary's got to be in
1: because he just won the U.S. Open
0: two years ago, right?
1: Yeah, he, Gary's in it. Gary's in the field.
0: Gary, okay, Gary's in. But then there's just a few guys kind of hanging out in the middle there. Like I know Matt Jones has won there before, and he's plus 13,000, so that I didn't see that. But that could be a, a decent dabble if you're looking for something. Like how is Cameron Champ in the Masters? That just blows my mind. He's plus eighteen thousand to win this
1: week. It's because he um, just snuck in this last week to the top fifty in the world. Oh, so, okay. Okay. So if you're your top fifty in the world as of March twenty eighth, which is yesterday, you get that invitation to the Masters.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Um, Jonas Blix. Does that name ring a bell? Yeah, it does. That's a that's an oldie. I think he's won here before. He's plus forty thousand to win. (laughs) What? That is beautiful. Holy shit! Like forty thousand. Honestly, that's not a bad. He's plus twenty eight hundred to top (laughs) ten. Like holy shit! That that could be something we're doing a deep dive on. Maybe tossing a few dollars on that because that those odds are unbelievable. And that's we're going to take a page out of uh Dre's book because he I know he loves value and we definitely like a good value. So you look at some of the past champions and like we said this tournament is not a not necessarily a blue bloods only event. There's a lot of mid mid-level mid-tier bottom tier tour guys um that are playing this week but with how good every dude is you never know who's gonna go out and play well. Like Matthew Nesmith ne- is fucking like in the bottom third odds-wise, like plus odds-wise. Um, and he played really well uh, at the at the Valspar. So, you know, you just really never know who's going to go out and do it. And that's why it's been so goddamn frustrating for us because we just can't seem to get it dicked so far this year. But I will say Cameron Smith, I'm turning it around all around because Cameron Smith's winning the Masters. And I will definitely be purchasing that ticket. I'll be tweeting it out. Uh and we are gonna hit that this year. He's fucking winning the masters.
1: Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. We're going all in on that. That may be like a five unit play just to absolutely blow the water out. He's played well there. He's playing I'm dropping well. my whole unit on the table. Yeah, like he, Smith. He is he is ready to win it. But uh real quick before we get into our big bet energy picks for this week's Valero Texas Open. We, we we remiss to not talk about Tiger Woods being seen at Augusta today. What do you think? Give me your thoughts. I know you're about to fucking wet blanket the shit out of this, so give it to me. <laughs> I'm
0: not wet blanketing the shit out of this. It's,
1: Joey's I, there, dude. He's down there. He flew down there with Tiger. Tiger's playing Augusta. He's, he's practicing today. What do you think? dude? No, Come
0: it'll on. be ele- like, I think, <laughs> I think it's electric. Like, I think that's awesome, but I just don't want the coverage to be about him all fucking week. You know, it's show the players who are playing well. And if he's playing well, great, show him. But goddamn, he, if he shoots 80 the first day and they're showing every single shot of him struggling to walk around, probably holding his lower back, I can't handle that shit, dude. And I know it's a good story, obviously. It's fucking Tiger Woods at the Masters. But, like, seriously, I, I love the hype. and It's actually funny because people are actually betting on him to win. And we can save these receipts if he does somehow miraculously win, but I would be willing to risk like, like a big cat type of like left pinky bet. If Tiger Woods, I don't really know. Okay. I'll go with this. If Tiger Woods wins the masters, I'll shave my head. Yes. Straight up.
1: You heard it here first
0: big driver you can even give me a cul-de-sac you can shave the top and leave the sides
1: oh i can go full like rookie nfl haircut on you i can do yeah want. just do what you
0: can you can give me a haircut however you want to give me a haircut if tiger woods wins the masters oh my
1: god i want this more than i wanted it already <laughs> <laughs> well our friend uh, justin Cernad, denver broncos linebacker he tweeted out come on at masters let tiger use a cart what would you think about that scenario Oh,
0: it'd be even more of a spectacle. Fuck! Like if
1: he wins the Masters with a fucking cart, <laughs> I think that would be even better. That yeah, I mean
0: that would be pretty dope, honestly. But he rolls up well, to the fucking eighteenth
1: green in a cart and fucking parks it on the side, no handicap sticker, no nothing. He like rolls
0: he, he 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 pulls up like one wheel on the fringe, one on the edge of the green, like zero fucks, just. <laughs> driving it all, wherever he wants like parks it in a fucking bunker driving up on the tee boxes and shit oh my i mean God.
1: the Amazing. only thing to he,
0: like casey martin was the last guy to get a cart at the u.s open which was actually tiger's teammate at stanford uh well history lesson for those of you who don't know but he played in the u.s open at olympic field or olympic club uh well, it was the year Webb Simpson won it, so, like, 2012, 2013, somewhere in that ballpark. And they let him use a cart because, basically, he has, like, half use of his left leg. Like, I think he had, like – I think he has, like, mus- like multiple sclerosis or something. Like, he has, like, a legitimate physical issue. Tiger's all drugged up, runs his car off the road. That's not a reason to get a fucking golf cart. I'm sorry, but you don't – crap. If I could do that, I'd crash my car tomorrow and then go try to play in everything in a golf cart.
1: Oh, dude, you know, people do that all the time at our golf course. We've made a TikTok about it. They want a cart because their fucking their their heel hurts because. They, yeah, they want they a handicap hard, flag. They step too hard on one on one of their steps at home.
0: Yeah, I, I just I mean, it would be absolutely hilarious to see Tiger rolling around in the cart up and down those fairways. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the caddy would hop on too, or they'd make him hoof it. Cause imagine like the easiest paycheck you ever made. That's like me for caddy and out of car at a golf club. I just fucking get, get a little drunk and hop on the back of that golf cart.
1: Let's go with this. Let's make a, we can make a pact, not a pact. Um, We can come to an agreement. We can come to a middle ground because I agree with you. I'm all for the tiger coverage, but not when he's eight over. Um, you know, so let's, let's go to a middle ground. Let's go. Tiger plays. He misses the cut, but he's like one off of missing the cut. So he's one or two over for two days. He does play the, the real golfers that are balling out, get all the love on the weekend, but he gets Thursday, Friday. What about that? Is that a, is that an agreement? Is that is is that an okay thing? Yeah,
0: I would hate that for sure. Um, that would probably be like the best scenario. Cause I just, if he makes the cut and he's 12 shots off the lead, he's still going to take up 70% of the weekend coverage. Which well, I- dude,
1: that's what happened in the, the last Masters he played in. Remember that? Like, he was – I, I want to say, like, he was just shitting himself on Sunday, and then he he was he became the first ever player to birdie the last five holes. He made, like, the 10 10- – or whatever on 12. On yeah, he, 3. he made like – I think he made like an 8 or a 10 there. And then he – yeah, he birdied the last five. When became the first ever player to do that. So he's still electric. But I don't want that coverage on a Sunday when we're trying to watch the leaders.
0: Exactly. That's all I'm getting at. Is I don't have a problem with him playing in anything. He's the GOAT or kind of the GOAT. But um, shout out Jack Nicklaus. Uh, oh, God. He's obviously one of the best of all time. I don't have a problem with him playing in it. He's still fun to watch, but just give everybody the equal coverage, like
1: your quality. the quality. We stand. It, for yeah, your I'm.
0: I'm all about equality, and that's that's all I want. Is I want to, and when Cameron Smith's leading, coming down the stretch on Sunday. I want to see Tiger Woods fucking three over par, limping his way into the clubhouse.
1: That's all I'm saying. Love it. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's what the fuck I'm saying. All <laughs> right, let's, let's get down to, uh, real quick, our big bet energy picks for the Valero Texas Open. I'll just run through both of our picks really quick. Um, so we're, we're going back to our players card. So we're going to start doing this more often. I think uh, we're going to go, because we only had so limited options for the um, Dell match play, we're going to switch it up a little bit. So this week we're each picking a winner. My winner this week I'm going to ride the same guy I rode last week. He made it into the final sixteen, but then lost. Uh, or he made it in the final eight even actually, and lost before the final four. Abraham answer at plus twenty two hundred. Mitchell's winner, you're looking at Jordan Spieth as he said plus fourteen hundred. All right, on to my uh the top ten pick for this week we got Kevin Streelman at plus six hundred. We've got a top 20 pick, Matthew Neesmith at plus 350. We've got a matchup for you. So we got Keegan Bradley over Siwoo Kim, even odds, plus 100. And then we've got our long shot. Mitchell loves this guy, loves to bet on him every week. Ian Poulter at plus 6,000. So make sure you lock those in. I don't know if he's in the Masters, but he's looking to get in there. And what a week it would be for him to win the Valero and then head on down to Augusta, Georgia. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. All right. Into fairway or four for this week. So recapping the fairway or four from last week um, with Mitchell and RK, uh, they, they got off onto a little tangent talking about cereal and uh, we've got uh, two here. So we've got one first, the Kansas city chiefs are the third best team in the AFC West currently sitting at 58% fairway, 42% four. So the people are agreeing with you. We've got a little, a slight edge to the fairway on that one. The people have spoken and Cinnamon life is a top three cereal. The people are currently not agreeing with that. That has got 53% for 47% fairway. So
0: closer than I thought, I mean I didn't know how many people even were Ryan was lucky I knew about cinnamon life because I don't feel like it's that popular with cereal, but it is fire if you ever tried it.
1: Yes, cinnamon life life was all the way to go always. like once I was introduced life cha- cereal literally changed my life. Uh, that's a great pun great pun well well done moving on to our fairway or four for this week uh i will start um i was on the plane and there's a lot of things that people do in the airport on the plane that drive me insane but we're gonna start with this one we're gonna so i think being on the like getting off the plane or just being on the plane in general and not having headphones in and not talking to anyone else is psycho shit like not what serial movie. killer, shit. yeah. Like, I'm glad you agree with me because, like, this dude sitting next to us was just like sitting there, kind of just like staring, not sleeping, no nothing, just like kind of staring. And I think that's ultimate psycho, shit.
0: yeah. That's that's a red flag for sure. I'm gonna go four on that. Um, if uh, there's been a few times where I've forgotten headphones on a flight, and they've been the worst flights of my life, so uh, yeah, there's no chance. Like, it's basically like public transportation. Why, why do you want to sit there and fucking take? I mean, I guess you can look out the window if you have the window seat, but that's not going to take up two, three, four hours. Fuck that.
1: No, I had the window, motherfucker. That window Mother- seats all me.
0: <laughs> I got you. Yeah, I'm a big aisle seat guy, so I can get drunk and pee eight times. Um, so my fairway or four for this week is going to be. I'm going to stick with a breakfast food kind of theme here, but I think that sunny side up eggs are disgusting. Like when I don't mind a runny yolk, like basically a sunny side up egg is when you never flip it. So like the yolk side, you know, like the white, like the, um, you know how there's the egg white, but then there's like the, the, sack around the yolk like the white like sack like it it's clear but it sits a little bit higher i don't know what the technical term is
1: <laughs> yeah but it's
0: runny like it's very runny um and if that's like if you don't flip the egg and that's just sitting there runny that's basically like eating a raw egg like i think that's fucking gross if you don't flip your eggs to me I'm i'm not eating it so i don't know uh, flat out like you, you can miss me with shit. that yeah that's like some 1950s shit like when you go into your local diner and say i want them sunny side up i'm not no like i i'm sorry but i just can't do sunny side up eggs just, what do you think about
1: that spencer oh i'm with you i'm just a scrambled egg guy i don't fuck with ordering anything else i don't really know the technical terms for aren't it, you like honestly. allergic to eggs Technically, I got this like Everly Well test and yes, I'm allergic to eggs, but it's one of the very few things I can actually eat um, and especially for breakfast. So I'm going to continue to eat eggs. Sorry. That's that's fair. Stop I don't blame me. you.
0: So, no, sorry about it. You have nobody to be sorry to but yourself. So
1: exactly. My just my poor tummy.
0: <laughs> well, real quick, let's get that tweet of the week. Um, we had some pretty good ones this week, but a case of the golf one our our dude uh monday qualify monday q info
1: if you guys are um, golf fans shout go follow him like he's hilarious there's so much good content yeah his shit is so
0: fire. he basically covers all the dudes that are are not in the limelight every week they're grinding it out for monday qualifiers they're they're trying to get in the field every week trying to somehow earn their status so yeah it's uh it's always fun to follow him. Spencer, do you have that tweet in front of you? Didn't I send it to you? I do have it right Oh, here. yeah. I'm sorry. It's in my Twitter DM since I sent it to you. I got it right here. So he got invited. So I don't even really know his real name. It's just Monday Q info. He got invited to the Masters in two weeks. Um, like legitimately had to turn down an invite to the Masters because he's having hemorrhoid surgery on Friday. Like, talk about all-time worst thing to have to turn down a master's invite for, getting surgery on your ass. So he goes, having butt surgery Friday, forget thoughts and prayers, send whiskey and edibles. And the gif is this chick, like, in pain that goes, my hemorrhoids are really bad right now. Shit is hilarious. Um, is there – Spencer, tell me one thing real quick. What is what, – if you could, well, I mean, you can go to the master's, but if you had a master's trip set up, is there anything that could stop you from going to the master's?
1: Maybe having a child.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, let's, let's talk about like non, non like obvious things,
1: anything physical. No. Like if I couldn't get, unless I physically couldn't walk and I had to, even if I had to be in a wheelchair, I'd fucking go.
0: But I'm saying, okay, you didn't, you, you didn't
1: understand the assignment here. No, I did not. I missed I, – I'm not getting the, there.
0: Well, like, the only, like, the only thing I would maybe choose over that is, like, if the Avs were in the Stanley Cup or the Nuggets were in the NBA Finals. Um, obviously, they don't fall on the same time. But that's all I was saying. Like, is there an event that you would miss the Masters for? Or is that oh, pretty much I the Holy Grail?
1: next Broncos Super Bowl, which is tw- coming up here in 2023, yes. I would miss – I would go to the Super Bowl over having a chance to go to the Masters. So I think we
0: can agree that
1: only really the Denver sports teams being
0: in their respective championships would stop us from missing the masters. Exactly. It, would you yeah, quit your job?
1: Yeah, fuck a job.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I mean I don't disagree with you. I was just curious if if you're given an ultimatum to quit your job to go to the masters. No. But no fuck them,
1: <laughs> fuck them shifts. Fuck them shifts. I'm out. Fuck them kids <laughs> <laughs> and just like that we are also out you guys enjoy your weekend thank you for listening to big drive energy make sure you follow us on twitter and if you haven't yet if you're listening to this on apple apple Podcasts, spotify itunes whatever make sure to give us a rating even if you think our podcast is shit i am, i appreciate you listening still but give us a one star give us a five star uh comments are always welcome hit us up on Twitter at big drive energy on Instagram at big drive energy pod. We appreciate hearing from you guys and the interactions makes our job more fun and makes this doing all this more fun. So thank you guys all for tuning in. Have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you next week with our official 2022 masters preview. Peace. Peace.